Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 325. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Thank you for listening. Today's blog is uh, about a book. I wrote about this book already in a post that was called Is This a Dragon Zeitgeist? Um, It's about, if you want to, you can go back and listen to that one. Uh, But to give you a brief summary, uh, I discovered that there is a novel by Kelly Barnhill called When We Were Dragons, which features a dragoning. (laughs) And I... I did not know what to do about it, honestly. Uh, A lot of people were like, did she steal your idea? And I was like, I don't think so. But, you know, you never know. Uh, So I started actually reading the book. I wasn't going to, but then I did. Anyway, that's what this blog is, is about. It is called In Which I Read That Dragon Book. August 30th, 2022. In a wave of curiosity, I put myself on the waiting list for my library's digital copy of When Women Were Dragons, the novel that came out this year in which a dragoning is a featured event. I wrote about this funny coincidence not so long ago. The wait was going to be months long, so I figured I didn't have to read it, but it would be on my list should I want to. When it suddenly became available... I didn't want to read it, but I also couldn't help myself. What is this book's deal? I started it last night, and I already have so many thoughts. It seemed like it would be better to wait until I'd finished the book to write about it, but it's clear it's going to be a real journey for me, so I figured I'd take you with me on it. This post may take a while to write, as I don't think I'm going to be able to read this book quickly. I think it's going to be multiple posts. There will be spoilers. This will be me reading the book with you alongside me. First, this book is dedicated to Christine Blasey Ford and makes it clear that the Kavanaugh hearings were the inspiration for it. I almost stopped right there. Because, as you'll know, if you've read previous blogs on this topic or listened to interviews with me about the Dragoning podcast, those hearings were what provoked my Dragon blog and, then, the podcast. So the kickoff was exactly the same, which just created some super complicated feelings before the book even started. But I kept reading. I was in a space where I could deal with some complicated feelings. I read all the introductory material, and I read chapter one, and then I had to stop. I hated it. Not because it wasn't good or well-written. I think it is, but I can't tell because I was blind with frustration. Here's what I know already. This book is too nice. It is academic or faux academic, and it is going to make a lot of women suffer. Well, fictional women, anyway. Already, it is clear that this author and I are coming from very different starting points. In her novel, it is mothers and wives who are missing. It is children who are suffering the loss of their mothers. Women turn into dragons, yes, but then they fly away. 
I created a world where it is men who go missing because the women ate them or set them on fire. And while women have to wrestle with a new reality, you will not see a woman victimized in my dragoning. Now, this book may turn around from here. It may turn out that all the missing mothers and wives have flown off to start their own dragon society or something. But from this point in the narrative, I am not enjoying this reality. And I'm sure you know how much I like women turning into dragons. After an hour or so away from it, I was able to read another chapter, and it didn't make me quite as mad. The main thrust of the story seems to be a child trying to understand what's wrong with her mother after a two-month absence. Of course, we assume her mother was a dragon for a couple of months. Either that or she was in a sanitarium from being abused by the father. Anyway, this is where we're starting. Will we get some empowering lady dragons at some point? I expect and hope so, but I'm not counting on it. August 31st. In talking about this experience of having a famous author write a thing like my thing, my friend advised me to discuss it with the Dramatist Guild, since I am a member and questions of creative legality are their special purview. I'm not sure I'd have a case, as this book thus far only shares a point of inspiration, a concept, and a made-up word. I don't think there's any evidence of substantial copyright violation, but I'll have to keep reading to find out. Anyway, I read another couple of chapters, as well as the Handmaid's Tale-style academic inserts. I still hate it, but it's becoming clear that the story is a conflict between the patriarchy-fighting aunt and the patriarchy-handmaiden mother. It would appear that it is the trouser-wearing mechanic who is going to turn dragon. Everyone's already afraid of her, and her eyes turn funny at times. I don't know. Thus far, it's all a little conventional for me. I don't think this author stole my work, because if she did, she missed the whole gist of it. And she stole the most banal part. I guess it makes me appreciate the world I created more, but it also makes me angrier that my podcast continues to languish in obscurity while this novelist gets write-ups in places like the New York Times. But I have to keep reading to see if I have something to discuss with the Dramatist Guild's legal department. September 1st. I read a chapter and more of the academic paper and a Washington Post article I'm using quotes because neither of these things would pass for the things they are supposed to be. I mean, that's fine. Academic papers aren't generally very readable, and newspaper articles can be dry and go on a bit. And now I know more about where this is going. There's a lot of talk of the mass dragoning event, which I find funny for some reason. Maybe because it's so clunky? And the part that I find irritating it's the fact that now we've learned that the dragons are exclusively wives and mothers. It is repeated twice. Wives and mothers all. And I suppose I find this irritating because I am neither a wife nor a mother, and I suppose I'm not crazy about the idea that it is essentially the relationship to a man that would give a woman the superpower of dragonhood. Maybe the author is going for an idea that being married and giving birth introduces you to a new kind of patriarchy-fighting rage? Yeah, but still. 
Ultimately, you get your dragon hood because you get married to a man or a man got you pregnant. I assume she means women who marry men when she says wives, as it takes place in the mid-50s. And hey, maybe she means that only women who are compelled to be this close to men will get mad enough to turn dragon. But I I find it vaguely insulting to unmarried and child-free women. We can get plenty mad, believe me. Listen, I think mothers are magical. I know a lot of extraordinary women, cis and trans, who are mothers. I have an extraordinary mother. I would never diminish the work and sparkle they put into the world, but this wives and mothers all business makes me real twitchy. September 2nd. Thus far, the pattern in this book has been a chapter bookended by supplemental material. That pattern changed in my reading last night, wherein I read two or three chapters in a row. What's becoming clear is that there's some kind of connection between the head of the dragon and the uterus, which, aesthetically, I understand, there is a sort of pleasant echoing of shape. I don't love connecting dragon transformation to biology, however, and I particularly don't love it in this moment when there's a lot of transphobic nonsense around the biology of women. I can't claim any special inclusiveness around trans issues in my dragoning. I've just said any woman can become a dragon, and I just assume that may include trans women. I'm leaving that door open. Maybe have a trans writer write something that speaks to them in that world at some point. My own work is not particularly inclusive in this way, yet, but it's not exclusive either, which I somehow think is important. This question makes me think of Why, The Last Man, a TV series I watched that is based on a comic book, wherein everyone with a Y chromosome suddenly dies one day, except one guy and his male monkey. The show explicitly dealt with the difficulty of trans men being the only men remaining, and getting one's hands on testosterone in that transformed world becomes a plot point. It also acknowledges that there are women with Y chromosomes as well. It feels like if you're explicitly talking about biological issues, you're obligated to deal with the complications of biology. We'll see if this book goes there. The other thing that's becoming clear is that the dragons are a mother's fantasy. They are the dreams of overwhelmed women ready to run away from it all. It reminds me of the lost daughter, but in a fantasy world. I'm sympathetic to it, but I don't know what it might have to do with what we saw in the Kavanaugh hearings. It's just sort of generic patriarchy at the moment. I guess that's why she said it in the 50s, so it could be generic patriarchy. I do love the gold eyes of the dragons, though, and that somehow the mother can prevent herself and others turning into dragons by tying complex knots. September 3rd. The most dominant experience of the novel seems to be the intentional forgetting of the fact of the dragoning. It's not the dragons themselves. They just take off and live on mountains and stuff. The novel is unpacking the gaslighting done by the protagonist's mother, the cultural gaslighting of pretending nothing happened, and the oblique references to changes and transformation. I suppose this is connected to the Kavanaugh hearings? 
in that so many people were able to pretend the assault he committed in his youth, allegedly, (laughs) didn't happen. And then later pretend that we didn't all see what a shitbag he was. I don't think Barnhill is wrong about this cultural impulse to try and forget terrible events. I feel like we're watching that happen now as people pretend that everything's fine. And we didn't just let over a million people die of COVID. So far, this cultural forgetting thing seems like the most true thing in the book. Can't say I'm particularly enjoying it, though. End of part one. That was nearly 2,000 words on the first chunk of the book. So this is going to happen in chunks because no one needs a book-length review of another book. We'll just have multiple blog posts instead. So part two is up in the blog feed. Is that what we call it? A feed? On the blog? I don't know. Anyway, it's the next one up, and it will be the next podcast as well. So if you are ready to read part two, you can do that right now. Or if you want to wait a week, it'll be up in the podcast feed, which is definitely called a feed, uh, next Monday. Um, Part three has not yet been written because I had to return the digital copy of the book to the library. And there is an epic waiting list. I believe uh, it's, I, I think, I, I don't know what number I am in line, but it's like still an eight week wait. And it's been like weeks already. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's good news or bad news that it is a very popular book to retrieve from my library, but it is what it is. So the song today. Uh, I was working on something else entirely, and it just didn't seem quite right. So I found a perfect song. It is actually exactly right. Um, Only the first couple of lines, really. But the first couple of lines are so exactly right. So it is a a talking head song called The Book I Read. Because this post is about the book I read, right? And the first line of the song is, I'm writing about the book I read. And the second line of the song is, I had to sing about the book I read, which is exactly what I'm doing right here, right now, or about to play for you. Um, So I thought that was really funny. So I, uh, it took me, it took, 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 took some work, but I, but I learned it and will play it for you shortly. Uh, meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you like the blogcast, please tell someone about it. Like, review, subscribe, all the things. If you'd like to support it with your dollars, patreon.com slash Davis is the place. There's also Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. And uh, thank you, no matter what, for your ears, for your attention, for your time. It is much appreciated. So uh, I give to you now on guitar... Um, the book I read by the Talking Heads. Here it is. I'm writing about the book I read. I have to sing about the book I read. I'm embarrassed to admit it hit the soft spot in my heart when Touch your arms. I got little cold 
chills, but I feel alright. The book I read was in your Backwards, I'm so ambitious. I'm looking back, I'm running a race, and you're the book I read. So feel my fingers as they touch your arms. I'm spinning around, but I feel alright. The book I read was in your Na 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 na